Welcome back to the program, and very excited now to have a uh, celebrity in our midst. You know, we don't have a lot of big stars and actors in the program because we, we talk a lot with experts and policy uh, experts mm-hmm. about issues and so on. But but uh, I got to be honest, uh, the, the the our next guest, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of his work. The only show that I've watched in years is a show he starred on. It's like the only TV show that I turned on and watched because I, I read. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know him from a bunch of uh, great movies, Gross Point Blank, Old School, uh, and of course uh, uh, H- the HBO series Entourage, which is the show I'm referring to. He won three Emmy Awards, two Golden Globes uh, for playing the super agent Ari Gold, and he's got a new series premiering March 31st here in the U.S., 9 p.m. on the new HBO, which is called PBS, uh-huh. and uh, he's here in studio, Jeremy Piven. I like it. Nice to meet you. It's good to be here, man. Thank you for having me. I know you've done a lot of uh, interviews for this, and I'm, mm. I appreciate that you uh, you hung out for one more and, uh, and, and joined me. Yes. Uh, this sh- this this uh, show, Mr. Selfridge, it's a period piece. Yes. It takes so place at the turn of the century. 1909. And yes. you are the uh, the title role. You play, this is a real guy, Harry Selfridge. Harry- he actually lived and existed, and and you are playing him in this new in this new show. Absolutely, um, he made his bones in Chicago, uh, working for Marshall Fields. He kind of transformed that entire place. He was the guy that came up with uh, the saying, "The customer's always right." He did. Yes, he did. I it- read that in 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 his Wikipedia file, but yes. I really didn't know that he had originated. He was wrong about that. Uh, no, no, he was he was quite right. You believe that, Jeremy? I, I believe that he believes it. Right. You know what I mean? You can't judge your character, so I've embraced it. You can't judge your character? No, because otherwise you'd be in trouble. Otherwise you'd be a bad actor. Really? Yeah. Really? So someone no. playing Hitler has to choose not to judge Hitler? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yes. That's that, that's an interesting... that Right there... You is, played like evil people in, right. in your career. Yes. And you... Listen, the reality is... um. I uh, am a stage actor, grew up in Chicago. Um, I've come from a theater family, uh, a house full of gypsies. Um, the antithesis of, of us and and the way we grew up and who I am would be um, a abrasive agent who is who is trying right. to his wor- whose world revolves around money. Mm-hmm. Yet I played this gentleman for eight years. Do you know gentleman. Yeah. So um, I can't, every role that we would always do and that I would do, I would I would look for a great role and it wasn't, I'm not looking, you know, for, the, the money it will come if you just keep connecting to what you love to do. So I'm playing a character whose philosophy or ideology is completely different than mine. Right. Completely different. Um, we would have trouble being in the same room together. But my point is, I can't judge the guy. I just have to embrace him and love him and try to find all the integrity that I possibly can in him. That's all I'm saying. How much therapy do you go to? I would imagine. That's an excellent question. Because I I studied acting for a couple of years, but I always knew I wanted to do stand-up, and I've been doing stand-up my, my whole career. I quit acting because I couldn't do what you're doing. I couldn't not judge the character. Yeah. I could not judge everything about the, the play or the... I was never on a TV show or anything like that, but but I mean, I, I I couldn't do that, and I wanted to get to know me versus the what you have to do to get to know the character. Right. Well, I really respect um, the space that stand-ups occupy, and I love it. I do. I do. I have a lot of friends who are stand-ups, and I go and watch them, and I think it's an amazing uh, forum. It really is to transform the space alone, and it's a great place to to get wherever you're coming from out. 
You know, yeah, it's, it's therapy. It, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And you get that. And that's great that you get that. Um, with with acting, you know, because it's you're 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 one of many, you're parts of a whole, you know, and um it's greater than you and you really have to you don't take yourself out of it because you're putting yourself into it. So much of, of you goes into that and then uh but yeah, you, you do have to 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 put aside how you how you would feel. And there were times when I would read scripts and especially with the Ari character and I go, Oh, this is this is the part where the entire audience turns on me. I mean, like, so it's my job to go, okay, how do I make this so I'm not turning everyone off? And it's your job to figure that out. Like Harry Gordon Selfridge is a guy who had a wife and kids and family and yet would go out at night and gamble and fell in love with the stage star of the time, Ellen Love. Now, the director said to me on our first episode, how are you going to play this guy so that we don't hate him? And so my point is, you have to you have to just embrace who this guy is and trust the whole thing and be as present as possible yes yes he wants to put food on the on the table for his family and he wants to be successful and he fancies himself a performer as well um and and fight the urge to be with this with this woman no matter how enticing she may be to you until the very last second and no one do the no one doesn't burn their steps better than the Brits. They know how to really draw things out. So I was in great hands. Well, and you mentioned uh, the Brits. This show, uh, Mr. Selfridge, mm-hmm. has already premiered in the UK. Yes. And and it's had huge success, yeah. even bigger success than Entourage bigger, did in bigger, the US. Much bigger. And, you know, it's it, it's it's probably uh, a lot to do with the, the department store began, Selfridge's began, he began this department store in, in London, right? Well, yeah, I mean, a department store doesn't get Like, people... I hadn't heard of Selfridge's be- yeah. before in, in America. Yeah. I was kind of a Sears guy, and I like his story. <laughs> quite, is that a person, Sears? Right. Yeah, there you go. But it's popular. It was a, It's a famous store there, and he's famous there, and hence... Right. Well, you know, a, a, a department store doesn't get people to watch a television show. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. I, but yeah. It, but it does. It doesn't hurt. Um, listen, the the eight and a half million. Let me give you a little perspective. I don't. We can pull up the numbers, but I think it's somewhere around two million people were watching Entourage in the United States. Eight and a half million were watching our show in the UK. That's the UK. It's it's insane. It's crazy. Watching Mr. Selfridge. Mr. Selfridge. Not Entourage. Yeah, we're watching Mr. Selfridge. Yeah. So it's it's legitimately a you know, it's a hit over there. And it's listen, I, I never got ahead of myself. I didn't think, okay, this is gonna be received really well, all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm just as surprised as anyone by the success. I'm interested in in that time period. I mean it's a yeah. it's a period piece and it's it's always interesting to watch the way people lived then part of the department store. He kind of invented the department store, and, and, and part of its success was that it, it, it provided a lot of things that women wanted, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, at the time, women were wearing, uh, you know, their skirts down to their ankles. and um, there was a sad time. Yes, it was a sad time. And they, there wasn't any makeup displayed anywhere. It was thought you thought you were a prostitute if you put, wore rouge and whatnot. He was a guy that said, you come in here, I'm going to prominently display it there. We're gonna you're we're gonna get some clothes from Paris. We're gonna show you the latest fashion. You come and you be whoever you want to be here, and and he created um, an incredible place where he transformed the entire department store. But not only is it about him, and that's the backdrop. It's about all the people that inhabit this world and work for him. And um, each episode, this is what I'm told. 
um, gets better and better um, until, and I can honestly say that the last episode, the episode 10 of the season is our best. So it does. What build. happens in the final well, episode? In the final episode, <laughs> I reveal that I have a, You're I had, a woman. Yeah. That, that I suffrage lady suffrage. I, I, I have whole a, time. I had a mangina. I had a mangina. I have a mangina. In real life. But you, yeah. you can't hate on that as we talked about earlier. Never. You have to not judge that. No, I have right. to embrace my own mangina. Will you wear a tight European bathing suit when in Europe? And you being a celebrity, yes. it's one thing for me, uh, uh, people recognize me a lot yeah. as Daughtry yeah. from American Idol, no, and I'm not him. No, you uh, did a great job with Thank Daughtry. you. I should have won. Yeah, but, right. but, uh, but for you, yes. would you be okay with that? And don't you think Americans should be okay with, with wearing tight bathing suits? Men. You know, I think, and I really mean this, you should wear, wear whatever you feel is right for you. When you see a man in a tight bathing suit, yeah. do, do you... I mean, here's what it is. To be honest with you, I, I think of my father, not in a weird, creepy way, but I think my old man used to wear Speedos. He was that guy. He, he used On to the be, beach at the pool? On the beach, he wore Speedos. He, you know, he was he was a theater actor. He had a big uh, John beard. John Hamm. He had, like... a, he had a big beard, and oh. he walked around in a, <laughs> in a big John Hamm. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you refer to, to your power source as a John Hamm? I, you, I, you don't need to know what I do with my wife, but yes, we call okay. it the John Hamm. Right, okay. I do. She doesn't. She doesn't okay. know who John Hamm is. But. Well, you, you know, there's some people that don't touch the pork, so maybe she doesn't get, you know, she just doesn't involve herself once in the Once a ham. week. Once a healthy, uh, once a week. Okay, there you go. Uh, Any way you slice it. Let, <laughs> let me ask you before you leave, though. Yeah. I, uh, from time to time, I get celebrities in here. My favorite thing about celebrities is is that they can, they will often use their, their celebrity to put a spotlight on an important issue, and that's generally what we talk about here yeah. on the program, important issues. Um, what what are some cause? What's a cause or something that you use your celebrity uses the you know the the spotlight that you get to you look it seems like you're pensive and that there isn't one no there the problem <laughs> is there isn't there isn't one there's too many and I was Go like ahead. God how do I uh, you know how do I pare it down I don't get it well I mean you a guy Jeremy Piven is my guess and Jeremy Piven is one of the more recognizable actors period today very famous mm. guy and so you get asked I know yeah. this without knowing you to do a lot of things. And you have to choose. You have to make choices because you can't yeah. do something every night and every day and you can't give every yeah. ounce of your time. So what to you is, it touches you uh, most closely? Well, God, you know what? There's a few of them. First of all, people don't realize how many people die from malaria like every minute. You know what I mean? It, how it, easily it is to prevent. Yeah, you get some nets and you save some people. It's pretty, you know... It's pretty simple. Not um, generally in America, right? No, but I actually got malaria when I went to Guatemala. Really? And yeah, I was back in the day in the 90s doing a show called The Larry Sanders Show. That's my other favorite TV show. There you show. go. Yeah. And I got back from Guatemala, and this is a true story. I was doing a scene with, with Shanling and 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 Rip and, and Jeffrey Tambor and uh, a supermodel, Kathy Ireland, from back in the day. I'm taking you way back. You don't and have to take me that far back. I know exactly okay. where I was when I first met her. Okay, there you go. She <laughs> has a very high-pitched voice. She does. She does. That's now, not what I was, I was listening. I remember I got back from Guatemala, and I was listening to her voice. I'm doing the scene. I'm like, God, Kathy Ireland's voice is so high. I wonder, <laughs> why is it? And then I just started drifting off. The next thing I know... I'm bathed in my own sweat and I hear the sound of someone vacuuming around me and I was in my dressing room and I was like, oh, what happened? I was just with Kathy Ireland. And then I went to the hospital and long story short, I developed malaria. And malaria was the first killer of civilization, as you know. Yeah. It was actually cured through acupuncture with a needle in the back of the neck. But I digress. Okay, we're back. Yeah, that just happened. Wow. Yeah. So it's a 3,000-year-old technique. 
Um, so so yeah. the idea so the idea that malaria is so easily preventable and yet it kills so many people that's that's something that you're uh, you're active on. I, I love that. I love that it you, kills so many people. I, I love that. Yeah, so many such a killer. Yeah, I really do. I know. I love I love the fact that that it's we can prevent it by just you know. Yeah, it's not. It's easily. Uh, give me one more. Well, there's there's a there's a few of them. First of all, and I hate to be. It is my own family, but but the Piven Theater is a non for profit organization. That's fine. Yeah, that um, basically all the kids are on scholarship, and you know my mother, and my father started it, and um, it's over forty years old, and uh, we do a benefit every year in Chicago, and um, you know it they they affect a lot of people, a lot of people that that you know of their work, studied yeah. studied there, and it's a way for any kid who wants to study. All they have their 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 policy with scholarships is if you ask for a scholarship, you'll get it. You just have to ask. So that's kind of the way they've always been, and I I admire that. Um, my sister just did a documentary with a guy named Wayne Kramer, um, who was the lead guitarist in MC5, and he goes into prisons, and um, uh, jail guitar doors, and is the name of the, the name of the piece, the 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 cause, cool. and he teaches them how to play the guitar. And you know, we don't necessarily believe in rehabilitation, unfortunately, in this society. No, right we now. don't. No, we actually and, believe in for-profit prisons now. Yeah, it's nice. I also like the three strike thing where you, you get a guy who like recently just went into a homeless shelter and grabbed some food and now he's in prison for 17 right. years. That's and meanwhile, nice. a bank can steal $60 billion from taxpayers and uh, they get bonuses and bailed out. And so it That's goes. Cool. We don't We don't have enough time. We don't. To solve um, all okay, the problems. Uh, your best actor friend and, of course, the most famous uh, woman you ever slept with and we're out of here. Oh, they're the same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Joan Rivers. <laughs> Jeremy Piven, thanks very much for coming in, man. Really appreciate it. Thank and everybody should watch it. Mr. Selfridge, which premieres March 31st, 9 p.m. on PBS, which is the hot new channel. And yes. uh, Jeremy, really I like good the, to meet you. I like the fact that you said PBS is the new HBO. It is. Downtown I'm, Abbey and I, now Mr. Selfridge. I'm, you know what? What if I got a tattoo, literally? On my neck, it said HBO, and crossed it out, and yeah. then just put PBS underneath it. I mean, I think it's probably the wrong place to get it, but I think you should get the tattoo. I'm playing through. <laughs> get, someone give me a needle and an adult beverage. Uh, thanks a lot, man, for coming. Okay, I really thank appreciate you. it. All right.